You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. Hey, uh, you can't travel without expecting or anticipating something to go wrong every now and again. You get into an airplane, you're basically getting into a metal tube with rockets attached to it. Of course, every now and again, something is gonna go a little bit sideways. Six months after Amanda and I were married, we moved to the East Coast of America and that involved uh, a few trips back over the next years from the East Coast of America down to this end of the world. And that trip without delays and without challenges is 20 to 24 hours. That's, that's a lot of flying. And someone once described flying is of flying like hours of boredom punctuated with moments of terror. And uh, on one of those trips, I can remember it vividly. We had our, I think she was three or four years old. I'm not gonna tell you which child it was, but she was my first. Uh, and uh, on that trip, we were flying from the East Coast of America, coming back for my brother's wedding actually. And we uh, had done the Across America leg and we were settling in from the LA to Sydney leg. And at that stage, we were toilet training our first child who will remain nameless. And uh, we were flying across America and I had her sitting on my lap for most of that flight. I've got to tell you as a dad, there is nothing more special than holding your little girl. And uh, we were flying back about two hours out from landing in Sydney. My wife says to me, hey, wh why don't we put a, a nappy, a diaper on her just in case? I said, no, 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 we got this. She's my child. She's gonna get this thing first time. So I ran the gauntlet, had her sitting on me. I strapped the seatbelt around us. And then over the announcements came the pilot saying, I want you to put your tray tables up, your seat backs up and you can no longer move around the plane which was fine until I say to Amanda, oh, we're in trouble. She said, what do you mean we're in trouble? I said, we're in a holding pattern. How do you know we're in a holding pattern? Because we're flying for a minute, turning, flying for another minute, turning, flying for, it's a holding pattern. Just as we got onto the holding pattern, my daughter wakes up. She says, Dad, I gotta go potty. We were sitting at the front, in the front row of the economy section. So the stewardess was right across from us and she goes, Dad, I've got to go play. I said to the stewardess, can, can I just get up quickly and take her to the bathroom? She says, no, 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 you can't do that because if the pilot decides to land while you're in the bathroom with no seatbelt on it, it doesn't go well, so you can't do it. For the next 25 to 30 minutes, we were in a holding pattern. And every 30 seconds, the scream got louder and louder, Dad! I gotta go, Dad! All of economy thought I was the worst father in the world. Dad, I gotta go potty! And then silence. I looked at Amanda and I thought, I've done it. I'm gonna write a book. She's learned to control her bladder. We're all good. And then this wet, warm sensation started to happen. I looked at the flight stewardess. She looked at me and she went, I looked at her and went, we sloshily landed, came up to the gate, I stood up. There was a puddle on my seat. The said puddle had gone all up my back, all up here. I walked off the plane 
looking like I'd ridden a horse for 12 hours for people to look at me and give me this really wide berth. Amanda, who is a phenomenal mum, had a change of clothes for the child, but for the husband? She goes into the bathroom, changes Micah or my unnamed child. And as I'm standing outside the bathroom, people are looking at me, giving me this wide berth. We walk through out until the entranceway, or out to the... Um, Customs of Sydney Airport and my brother, who I hadn't seen in three years, comes up to me as he backed up, realising that I was all wet around here. Do you know that life is full of flight paths and holding patterns? Life is full of seasons where we feel like it's springtime and it's summer and everything is moving forward. And then there are other seasons where we feel like we're stuck. And maybe for you, you haven't got a child sitting on you making a mess, but maybe you find yourself like many of us in this season where things aren't moving forward because of what's going on in our world. But can I tell you this whole series of flight paths and holding patterns is about the fact that we live in a world and a life that God has designed for us to live in seasons, that God is the God of every season. When things are hot and sunny and going well, God is the God of that season. When things are challenging and we feel stuck and there isn't as much activity, God is the God of that season. And if we can realise that God is the God of seasons, that He is both in every season and has a purpose for every season, then we will discover that if we can find Him we can get out of that season what He wants to get us get out of that season. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 says this, For everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Do you know that God's got a time for every purpose? And often it's not in our timing, but God has a time for every purpose. Last week, we kicked off this series looking at autumn and autumn is when things die off. It's, it's a time of loss. But in autumn, we discover that loss is not the end, that God has something more for us after that. We discovered that although in autumn, it's a time for us to reposition our priorities. In an autumn time when things are being lost, what are we putting our trust in? What are we putting our hope in? We've got to reposition our trust in the God of seasons, not the things falling off from the last season. In autumn, we discover that challenge precedes growth. That God's authority requires our resilience. And I've got a real sense that today in this message, last week in last week's message, there's some people, you're gonna realise that you're more resilient than you thought you were. There's something on the inside of you that's gonna rise up and grab everything that God has for this season in your life. And if you didn't hear last week's message on the app that Pastor Paul mentioned, you can download and have a listen to last week's message. But this week we get to dive into winter. Can I be honest? Winter is my least favourite season. The days are short. The temperature is cold. It's too cold to go outside and do some of the things that I love to do outside. It's mangoes aren't around. There's no mangoes, no fruit in winter. The mangoes are gone. But, but And on the first day of winter, I find myself just looking for the shortest day of the year because that means we've turned a corner and we're headed towards spring. If I can just wait out winter, 
then I'll get to spring. But then I realised that God is the God of seasons, that there is things that happen in winter that can only happen in winter, that God, if I can find Him in winter, I'm, just wait, I'm not just waiting out winter, I'm working out winter. I'm getting from God everything that He wants for me in that season because God gives us winter as a gift. Have you ever thought about that? Winter is God's gift to you. A winter season where things seem cold and uh, the the light is a bit shorter during the day. Winter is God's gift to you because in winter seasons, God has designed for us to slow down, to reduce activity, not to feel the pressure to keep producing more and more, but to replenish and rest for what's ahead. God gives us winter seasons so that we can replenish, so that our roots can go down deeper. There are some things that we can do in winter that we can't do in any other season. And we've got to say, God, You are the God of seasons. And I may like summer more, but I've got to get out of winter what You've designed for me in winter. We can look at the trees right now. And many of them are losing their leaves. And just because they're losing their leaves, it doesn't mean the tree is dying or even faltering. During winter, when the leaves are dropping, below the ground, the roots are going deeper to get stronger. Do you know that during winter in our lives, when it looks like activity has reduced and things on the outside, maybe what was fruitful in a last season is no longer there. What God wants for us to do is to drop our roots down deep and get stronger and push into Him and have the time to create a depth that we don't have the time for in those summer seasons. Really, when the leaves are dropping and wintertime, it's like a pruning that Jesus talks about in John 15. John 15, one says this, I am the true vine, Jesus speaking. I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He lops off every branch that does not produce. You know, so many of us are blaming circumstance or we're blaming those close to us or we're blaming our past for branches being lopped off. Can I tell you, it's God in winter who lops off branches. It's God in winter who prunes back. Why? Because He prunes those branches that bear fruit for even larger crops. Winter is about replenishing for what God has for you in the season after. God wants to set you up for greater kingdom impact. God wants to set me up for greater kingdom impact. And it's not about what He did in last season. Thank God for what He did in last season. Thank God for what He has done. Thank God for what He is doing. But in between what He has done and what He is doing is a season called winter where we get to go deep and replenish ready for what He has in the front of us. Here's my whole message in one sentence. If if you're taking notes, put down your cup of tea. Here's my message in one sentence. Greater fruitfulness comes from replenishment, which is a really simple sentence. It's a lot more complex to make it a part of our lives because I've got to make the decision that in winter, I'm not just waiting it out, but I'm working out, God, what You have for me. You know, I looked up that word replenishment and it means to keep inventory, to keep inventory flowing from the supply chain. During winter, 
What's my supply chain? What am I looking to? Am I binge watching Netflix? Am I spending hour upon hour scrolling social media because it's a bit darker and I can't work as long? Am I, am, I, am I letting my mind go down rabbit warrens that maybe aren't helpful or fruitful? Or am I spending the winter time pressing into God and pushing in to who He is and saying, God, I've got my roots to got to go down deep to set me up for the season that You have in front of me. Greater fruitfulness comes from replenishment. I've been reading this book recently and before I give you the title, I wanna give you a caveat. If you read it, it's gonna be painful. Uh, It has been for me because it is super convicting in terms of what God wants to do in the various seasons of our life. And that's what this whole series is about. Flight paths, when God is getting us to produce and move forward and holding patterns when He wants us to go deep and replenish, setting up for greater fruitfulness. John Mark Comer in his book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I'm gonna read you an excerpt. It says this, Think about the fact that before the invention of the clock and the light bulb, people actually looked forward to winter because life was shaped by seasons and most people went to bed with the moon and got up with the sun. Which means in summer, days were long and busy and in winter, they were shorter and slower a time to rest and replenish. But we've made it possible to live in a perpetual summer and spring where we work hard all year round to produce the most. Before the invention of the light bulb, the average person slept 11 hours per night. I know if you're under 25, you're thinking, that's, that's like a short night for me. No, no, no. But the average person slept 11 hours per night. Today, the average is under seven. I used to read biographies of men and women of history who got up at four o'clock in the morning to pray. John Wesley, Charles Spurgeon, Charles Finney. And I'd think, wow, they're way more serious about Jesus than I am. That is true. But then I realised they went to bed at seven o'clock. After nine hours of sleep, what else do you do but get up and pray? God has designed seasons where we've got more time to push into the things of God. And winter is one of those times. Winter's not the enemy. It's a gift from God for us to go deeper. I uh, was talking to an amazing man who's in our South Campus here in Auckland and they run a farm and an orchard, John and Bron Ferguson, amazing couple in our church. And I was talking to him about winter because I'm not much of a farmer. So I needed to learn from a farmer. I said, hey, John, talk to me about winter. In winter, does everything just go dormant? He goes, oh no, Scott, you, you need to understand that in winter, although you can't see what's going on above the ground, Below the ground, the tree is and the vine is digging deep roots so that it can get more nutrients so that it is ready for the next season that is ahead. So a time of winter is not about dormancy above the ground and below the ground. It's about stripping back the seen activity so that we can do some work in the unseen activity and see God do some phenomenal things. Winter is a time where vines are growing below the ground. Another amazing thing that he told me is at winter time, what he and other people who have orchards do is they chop off the branches or the the shoots of the vine that last season produced fruit. 
all but two of them they chop off and then they take the two that are left. They cut them right back and they tie them together and the new shoot for the next season comes out of the tied together, cut back vine of last season. I wonder how many of us feel like when God chops something back, we've lost something rather than tying that together with God's purposes and seeing Him produce fruit for the next season. A time of winter is a time of replenishment and preparation for the next season. The other thing that John does on his orchard is he plants new trees at the beginning of winter that gives time for that new tree to establish a root system that sets it up for the following spring. Do you know that winter time, God wants to speak to you like never before? Winter time, God wants to plant something in your spirit and in your heart that if we give it time and if we water it and nurture it and replenish it during winter, it grows a root system under the ground that will produce fruit for the kingdom in the coming spring. Winter is about not dormancy, winter is about replenishment to set us up for the following season. You know, there are so many examples in the Bible that talk to us about people who went through winter seasons. Ruth is one of them. Ruth was an amazing young lady who was a Moabite and she married a guy who was a Hebrew guy. And Ruth and her new husband went to live with her husband's mum and brother. And very quickly after they got married, the three men, the brother, her husband and the father-in-law passed away. In Bible times, if you were a widow without a husband, there was, no, uh, there was no government assistance. There was no help from the government. You literally were taken care of by your family. She had everything stripped away from her in short time. And in the face of loss, Ruth's convictions and focuses were defined. Do you know in wintertime, God wants to define you? God wants to bring a sharpness to areas of our life. And her mother-in-law, Naomi, tells Ruth that, hey, I'm going back to Israel. It's best if you go back to your people because they'll take care of you. And in that moment, Ruth, Ruth says something that shows that in a winter time, our convictions and our call can be replenished. Ruth says this, don't urge me to leave you or turn my back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will become my people and your God will become my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me ever so severely, even if death, ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. You know, Ruth experienced real loss. She found herself in a winter time. But rather than giving into despair, she fixed her focus on the God of that season. Rather than giving into the circumstances around, she decided that God, you've got a plan and a purpose for me. She allowed her winter to clarify her convictions and deepen her identity. Friend, if you find yourself in a winter time, God hasn't left you, God hasn't departed. The presence of winter isn't the absence of God, but God has a purpose for winter and that's to deepen convictions 
and bring our identity in. That's why it's so important what we look to in times of winter. You know, like Jesus said in John 15, greater fruit comes from greater pruning. I wish that we could have summer and pruning at the same time. I wish pruning felt good, but it doesn't. God wants to take us to seasons. They're a little bit darker. The days are a little bit shorter, but it's not punishment. It's a setup for what He has for you in the future. The good news is when we allow these seasons to do their work in us, then God will do something for a greater future. Remember, greater fruitfulness comes from replenishment. We can't have greater fruitfulness if we don't go through seasons of replenishment. So if you're in a winter, God wants to meet you right there. He wants to meet me right there to replenish me for what is ahead. I think it's the heart of God and it's certainly the heart of our team is that at the end of this series, we would see that God wants to meet us in every single season. That He's not absent in one and more present in the other. He is there in every season. And I've got a buddy of mine, Mitch, who I'm gonna ask to come and join me on stage. And as he's coming, Mitch is a 20 year old guy who is from Adelaide. He's a great friend of our church. His family is a great friend of our church. And Mitch decided to come, come on over here, man. Good boy, we're in the same bubble, we're good. (laughs) Bubble it up. Mitch, Mitch came over here, landed in February and his goal was to do a three-month internship. So we'd planned out that Mitch was gonna work in our youth department, that he was gonna have some time in our creative arts because he's a creative guy, great singer, great musician. And that the end of his internship was gonna be our conference where he was then gonna go back home and launch into the next season that God has for him. He arrived mid-February, we go into lockdown mid-March. So youth gone, uh, officers gone. He had to change who he was living with. So he got an upgrade with his flatmates and he came and lived with us for eight weeks. Uh, but everything he thought was gonna happen was stripped away from him. And I've watched this young man over eight weeks, not lament over the fact that I'm in a winter, but ask God, what are you doing in winter? Mitch, tell us some of your story, man. Absolutely. Thank you, Pastor Scott. Uh, well, as you can imagine for me, I had a lot of expectations and preconceived ideas of what my time here was gonna look like at life. And uh, needless to say, it unfolded extremely differently to what I was imagining. Um, I found myself in a very poignant conversation with God one morning on the beach where I said, God, I know that you know everything. And so you knew this was gonna happen. And you knew that I would be here when it did happen. So why is it that I'm here? What is it that you want for me in this season? And no sooner had I prayed that prayer that God began to take me on a journey over the next two months where He showed me that the things that I wanted out of this season, the things that I thought were gonna come my way were things that actually needed to be built on a firm foundation and a deep root system in God, which was actually lacking in my life at the time. So the next two months for me while in isolation were spent not just waiting uh, for winter to pass and for summer to come, but actually like in the story of Ruth, when everything was stripped from me, I actually spent that time with God and said, God, if you're all I have, I know in my head that you're enough, but let this season be a time where I uh, learn that in a whole nother level in my heart, that if you're all I have, God, then you're more than enough for me. And what began to happen in my life was that I found that my peace, my security and my joy, things that I kind of outsourced for 
were actually all founded in God. And I discovered in that time that while I'm in a winter season, my purpose here is not just to wait until summer comes. My purpose is to grow that root system in God so that when summer does come, I'll be prepared for it. I'll be nourished. And the sun that's on its way is something that's gonna help me grow and not something that's gonna burn me out. And what I realise now is that that lesson is a lesson that could only be learned during winter. God has specific lessons for me as He does for you that He wants you to learn in winter. He wants to walk you through that season. So don't just wait it out, but understand that there's a purpose to your winter and there's lessons that you need to learn. How good is that? You, uh, you, can, you, you can purchase your What Would Mitch Do t-shirt on lifenz.org would be awesome. Hey, listen, if we can find God in the middle of winter, when it's dark, when it's cold, when the nights are long and the days are short, if we can find God there, then we'll find a God who is waiting to replenish us so that we can move into the spring that He has for us. Don't just wait out winter, work out winter. I love Matthew eleven twenty eight. says this, are you tired? Sounds like winter. Are you worn out? Sounds like winter. Are you burnt out on religion? Sounds like winter. Come to me, get away with me and you recover, replenish your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You know what winter's about? Learning a new rhythm a new rhythm of digging into the things of God. I won't lay anything, Jesus continues on, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting upon you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. I'm gonna ask the band to come on back and join me. We're gonna take communion in just a couple of moments. But I've gotta be honest with you, this lockdown has been a real tough season for Amanda and I. It's been dark. You see, on the 20th of February, my father, who I'd seen three times in 20 years, landed in this country through a series of circumstances. And when he landed, he had stage four cancer and renal failure. So all of lockdown, my father was in hospital and literally on his death's bed. Three times I got called into the hospital saying, I don't think he's gonna last the next 24 to 48 hours and I'd text those close in my world, I'd text Pastor Paul and some other people and say, I'm going into the hospital again. And as I was walking in there, there was this real feeling of winter. It was cold, it was dark. And I'd sit by his bed and I'd think, God, you're doing something in this. I've just got to find you in it. The three things that I was believing God for coming into this season, I'm saying, God, what are you, how are you going to bring them to pass? He, my father passed away the last Tuesday of lockdown. 10 days before that, I was sitting by his bedside, literally by my father's dying bedside. And in that day, two of the things that I'd believed for for decades happened in the space of about five hours. One of the things that I was asking God for was, God, I wanna see my brother and my father have some sort of reconciliation. They hadn't talked in 20 years. I couldn't make it happen. You know what you discover in winter? You can't make it happen. You gotta push into a God who has something for you. I sat there and 
The three days previously, my brother had been saying, I think I want to talk to Dad. So we talked about what that could look like. And 10 days before he passed away, I facilitated a FaceTime between my brother and my father. And I wish I could tell you everything was talked about and everything was resolved. It wasn't, but we found God in that winter season and there was a connection that hadn't been there for 20 years. And in that moment, there was tears and God was doing something. And God bought something out of a winter season. The other thing I was believing for is that my father would hear the Gospel. He hadn't been in church for years and I knew I was the one that, I, I wasn't the one that would be able to present the Gospel to him. So I said to him after he and my brother had had that conversation, I said, hey, would you like to watch our Christmas spectacular, which Kyla, my second daughter, uh, was in two years ago? He goes, I'd love that. So we sat there and on a screen, don't tell me God can't meet you through a screen. Wherever you're hearing this from, God can meet you right where you're at. And through a screen, we watched the Christmas spectacular. And at the end of it, Pastor Paul got up to do the altar call. And I said, I'll turn it off there. And my dad says, no, I wanna watch this. Two years before, Pastor Paul did an altar call. And one of the lines in that altar call was it doesn't matter what stage of life you find yourself at. You may have regrets, but our God's arms are open and you can come running towards Him. My dad sat there on his dying bed, tears running down his face. We didn't discuss it after that. I didn't feel a need to discuss it, but I believe in that moment, my father made his peace with God. Friend, God wants to meet you in your winter season. It's not about the external stuff. It's about God, what are you doing on the inside of me for roots to go deep? I've got to tell you from that Saturday to this moment, I believe my God can do anything. I believe my God can break into any situation. And a winter season is about going deeper in your convictions, deeper in your identity and saying, God, you have the way. You do whatever it is that you wanna do. Friend, you may find yourself in the darkest, coldest season of your life. Would you look at me? God wants to meet you and deposit something in you that can't be found in any other season. Go deep into the things of God. I got two thoughts for us when it comes to replenishing. Jesus said, walk with me and work with me. Number one, replenishment is found in walking with Him. Do you know who you walk with in times of winter really matter. Don't spend all of winter on social media and binge watching Netflix because the source of your supply will determine the fruit of your outcome. And winter is a season where we can push into the things of God. C.S. Lewis said this, to walk with Jesus is to walk with a slow, unhurried pace. Hurry is the death of prayer. It not only impedes and spoils our walk, it never advances it. Winter is a gift to slow down and walk with Jesus. I wonder if we are misreading winter for the very gift that God has for us. Romans 8, 28, And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. The focus is not on things, all things. 
And the focus is not on good, it feels good. The focus is on the promise, a called according to His purpose. The presence of winter is not the absence of purpose. In fact, God wants to go deeper in His purposes when it comes to a winter season. So we're gonna take communion together. Because one of the keys of being replenished in a winter season is to walk with Jesus. So I want you to get your emblems together that you got together at the beginning of this service and the team's got an amazing song for us. And in your own time, I'd love for you to take communion and say, God, during this season, I wanna walk with You. Don't leave us during communion. I've still got one more thought for us after we come back from communion. But during this song, say, Jesus, I wanna walk with You. I wanna draw near to You. Would You be the source of my supply? The reason we can believe for that is because of what Jesus did on the cross. So I want you to take a couple of moments and let's have communion together as the team leads us. Peace, bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me, let it pray. At your name, still call the seed still. The rage in me to still. Every way at your name, Jesus, Jesus, you made the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, you silence me, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Lungs to sing once again. 
of darkness is not the absence of God. God wants us to find Him in the dark seasons of our life, in the winters of our life. We find replenishment through walking with Him and we also find replenishment through working with Him. If we go back to Ruth, she found herself in a situation where she'd lost everything. And she could have just sat there waiting for God to bring her through this season, but she chose not to. She did what she could do in the dark season of winter. Back in those days, if you found yourself as a widow, one of the things you could do to provide for yourself was to walk behind the farmers and pick up the wheat that they had dropped during harvest. Friend, during your winter, God has things for you and I to pick up that other people may have dropped. And what we pick up, as Ruth picked those things up, it became the thing that God used to replenish her and create a platform for her future. What we pick up in winter becomes the platform and the launching pad for what God wants to do as we move forward. Don't just sit back, work with Him. Just like I did when my father was in hospital. I had to go in every day saying, God, I I can't see what you're doing. But I wanna work with you. I wanna pick things up in this season that would replenish me and cause roots to go deep, to launch me into the future that You have for me. John Orthberg says this, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It's that we'll become so distracted rushed and preoccupied that will settle for a mediocre version of it. We'll just skim across our lives instead of actually living them. Do you know what winter season is about? It's not about what skims across the top. It's about what is grown deep. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.